0: Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. As we put a cap on undeniable, you say, Well, Mickey, what is it you want people to know? Well, I I want you to know what we're about. In fact, a few years back, we were getting ready to celebrate our one year anniversary, and, and we turned and we talked about how we're, we're wedding planners. Like we're in the wedding business because Scripture is very clear. In fact, can I read for you in Revelation chapter 19, verse 17? It says this Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. And that is talking about his church. Like, I don't know if you realize this, and I don't want to get too far into this, and I can't, I got some secrets that I'm going to let, let out before I get through all this. I just got to kind of calm myself down. But the first thing that happens, if you ever study God's word, the, the first two chapters is this amazing relationship in Genesis, and we're dwelling, and God created it, and we're in the garden, and then sin entered. And then the last two chapters of Revelation is, is we're back together. And we're dwelling together in the new heaven and the new earth. And, and these four chapters just talk about this like God saying, you know what, I, I love you. I want you. I want to be with you. All the chapters in between those four chapters is all the process of what he's doing to say, you know what, hey, and I'm going to make it right where you can come back to me. And he refers to us as his bride. You say, Mickey, what do you think? Now, that that was... Like that was a year, that was four years ago or one year celebration. What would you say for like year five? Well, hey, let me me help you. Here's what I think. I think we are still planning something that is bigger than us. But let me tell you something that's crazy. I just want to give you three simple things that we are going to have to do if we are going to be in the wedding business. Because let me tell you something, weddings have changed. But see, here's what I want you to get. If you're taking notes, write this down. Three things that we're going to have to do. Number one, we need to follow God, not culture. You know what's happened in the wedding business? Culture. There was somebody that owned a farm on top of a hill, and they had a relative get married, people came to the wedding and they go "Ooh, this is beautiful you ought to let other people get married here and they say well okay we'll just do it for family and friends and then those people brought people and next thing you know they're taking pictures and then this amazing thing called social media happened and people started posting those pictures And people with property started getting calls saying, hey, can we get married up there too? Can we get married? And they said, well, maybe we can start charging a little bit. We'll charge them 500. We'll charge them 1,000. We'll charge them. But it's amazing, right? Why? Because of culture. Listen, here's what I wrote down. Culture is beginning to have its effect, not just on the world, but also on the church. Like as we're moving forward, it's extremely important that we are being the culture, not becoming the culture. Like, like I'll, I'll give you the example. Do you know that with all the confusion that's out there concerning gender, that there's no confusion in God's word? There's no confusion whatsoever. You say, oh, Mickey, you've been, I ain't going to talk about that. I'm, I'm just giving you an example. Like, that's what culture does. Culture becomes relative to every individual and starts to determine where right and wrong is. We have to, if if we're going to be ready as his bride, we've got to make sure that we are completely ready. And where you'll first get off is when you start trying to, to take care of everybody else. Other than the bride. Because if you're not careful, I promise, this world, it wants a lot from you. And the biggest thing it wants from you, listen to this, is it wants you to conform and be more like it than to be different. That's what's so funny about all these weddings. Everybody was fine with the wedding at the church. Where you, no joke. The biggest question in the early 90s, if you were getting married, does the church have a center aisle? Because I can't get married if there ain't a center aisle, because i got to be able to walk down the center aisle. But culture is not just something that that is becoming a part of this world, but it's also something that is becoming a part of, of us. In, in fact, a scripture that I want to throw up, it's in... It's in Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'll turn there very quickly. It simply says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, the, the amazing part that I love about this is that, that if we're not gonna, if we're gonna be the culture and not just become a part of the culture, you may me to tell you where it all starts. Right up here with what you think. See, one of the ways that, that people attack you and they attack me. And if you're a believer, then, then you're the church, you're the bride. Is they just, want, they just want to change your thinking? They want you to start saying, you know, is, is that what that really says? Is that what that really means? You know, this isn't, a, this isn't a new tactic. You know, the very beginning, Satan the serpent, he asked Eve, Did God really say you would die? In fact, he added to it, he, Eve answered, said, we, we neither shall eat nor touch the fruit. Reality is that God didn't say that. The only boundary that God put on them was don't eat of the fruit. They, they could have built a tree house and had a big playground on the tree and laugh and cut up and jumped all over its branches. And God I be like, I don't, just don't eat of it. But we put restrictions on our life that God never put on our life because we don't understand God's word. Why? Because we're moving more towards culture rather than moving towards being the culture. I want to challenge us today to really grapple through some things personally and say, okay, how much am I going to be the culture compared to how much am I going to allow myself to become a part of this culture? You, you're, anybody got kids in the room? Anybody ever went to play like an old 80s movie? Mine was The Goonies. <laughs> And I was like, hey, this is a great movie. Kids, let's watch this. Oh, Chucky had a potty mouth, didn't he? I was like, holy moly. One of my claims to fame that, that they still laugh about at another church that I served up in Murfreesboro, I had this amazing idea that we were going to have a big movie night. and I was doing student ministry, and I was like, we're going to watch Christmas Vacation. That's my favorite movie. I didn't know that was edited. <laughs> Son, we got at the end when he's going to get the boss, and I was like, whoo, whoo. Like, I I. You know, I, I, this is old school, like, like, oh, wow. Like, I, well, that was a good run. I'm, I'm fired. <laughs> but what's amazing is how how sensitive I am to that stuff. And you laugh when we're sitting in church. But when we leave and go into part of the world, we just, like, it ain't no big deal. Don't mishear me. I ain't talking about, about legalism and, and pharisaical. I'm talking about, Allowing ourselves to become a part of the process that, that prepares the bride, that puts our best self in the dance, to turn around and say, you know, we, we gonna, we're not going to let culture become a part of us. We gonna, we're going to not conform to the world, but we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by the way we think. Like, I want to make it very, very clear. When it comes to standing on truth, there is no other truth. Like a lot of people don't realize because we, we are a pretty chillax tr- church. We, like, we laugh. We, we, we take fun very seriously. We love being generous. We love being in the community. We love to have fun. But don't confuse us being joyful as not being grounded on what God's word said. But what you do Scripture says do it with with joy and with all your heart unto the Lord. So that's the first thing. If we're going to do what God's calling us to do, talking about how God is undeniable, what he's called us to is undeniable, the the first thing, we got to make sure that we're pursuing God more than culture. The second thing that I wrote down, and it kind of ties into some of the things I just said, we must balance grace and truth. Now, I'm going to read this, and as soon as I get done reading this, a lot of you are going to wish i read it again. Just so you know, we'll end up posting this on social media. But here's what I would tell you when it talks about grace and truth. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Grace and truth together are good medicine. I'll read it one more time. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Grace and truth together are good medicine. You know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? You ever seen the person that has all kinds of truth and they don't have any any grace? I call him the bullhorn guy. I remember going to DC and I was going over to a Wizards game, and this old bro he had a bullhorn on the side, and he evidently everybody was going to hell, and he's gonna make sure nobody was. And he was just, sanctify sanctifier French fry, turn or burn, Jesus is coming, are you ready? If not, you're going to hell. And I'm like, dude, I just want a hot dog in a basketball game. And it's like, I don't know if you realize this or not, that don't work. Nobody wants to be screamed at. Like, truth without grace, it just, it just comes across mean. In fact, there'll probably be a lot of you in this room that would say, you know, the last several years, depending on however old you are, there may be a time in your life where you got hurt by a church, and it's because of this. They had all the truth, but they'd lacked the grace. Grace without truth is meaningless. We've seen this too, right? It's called hedonism. That's a philosophy. Just whatever feels good, do it. Well, you, you just be you. Whatever you want to do, you can do. It's no big deal. I just love you. I'm going to love you because God called me to love you. So I'm going to love you. Well, I, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to love you enough to let you know there's truth. Like I can't just be, well, I got I to gotta be so careful. And at the same time, I don't because God's word is God's word. So I, I, I've got to, like you see, I'm saying like, like, we've got to be able to speak truth and do it in a loving way, but also make sure that just like there's plenty of grace, and let me tell you something, you, if you don't believe there's grace in this room, then just, just know who the pastor is. There's plenty of grace. But that doesn't mean there's not enough truth. So it says grace and truth together. and well, Now, that's, that's good medicine. In fact, Ephesians puts it real well. It says, be very careful then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. The NIV version, rather than live, it says, be very careful then how you walk, or how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. See, I... I think there's something to be said that we have to understand that, that what I'm talking about as far as having grace and truth is not just good medicine on Sunday. I'm talking about having something real. It's talking about having something that's meaningful. It's talking about be graceful and truthful inside and outside of this gathering. Like when you see somebody on the street, even though you may not agree with their lifestyle or where they're at or what's going on, Rather than asking questions that can't nobody answer, just love them. Why? Because they're worth loving, but I don't agree with them. Well, good thing your love ain't built on that because you wouldn't be married. I've been married 25 years. Guess what? My wife, it's crazy to me, does not always agree with me, even though I am right 100% of the time. See, love has never been based on agreement. What God's love is in us is based on grace. That's the reason why he says, you know what? As you walk or as you live, don't walk as the unwise. Walk as the wise. I'll give you an easy example. If you're one of those people, and I would raise my hand, I am one of these people, that struggle with the same thing over and over and over again, eventually you've got to wise up and realize why you keep struggling with it. That's what this is talking about. In fact, here's what, I, here's what I wrote in my notes. If you understood the days we are in, you would realize there's our massive opportunities for the advancement of the gospel. Like if you really understood the days that we are in right now, you would realize that the way you're walking and talking and living, there are amazing opportunities for the advancement of the gospel and the way that your life will be different and everybody else, like the way you prepare, like people are more ready to find out how to, like, oh, I want to be the best bride now than ever before. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase a real quick rabbit trail. Here's, here's secret number one. I'm going to do a three-part series on end-time prophecy. You guys have been asking for it. I've been studying and reading and, and doing some different things and did some stuff in the past. I'm going to do a three-part series because I truly believe if you understood the time that we're in, it would change the things that we would do. Now, I'm going to go ahead and answer the question that everybody's going, ooh, man, I, like you going to tell me when he's coming back. Not even the sun knows. So if that's the only thing that you're looking for, You ain't going to get the answer that you want, but I'm going to get you real close. I'm going to literally take the book of Revelations, especially the second week, and I'm going to go through the whole entire book and give you the understanding of some of the things that you'll want to know that's going to help you understand, like, some of this craziness that's going on, like with Russia and and all this stuff with the Ukraine and then this this China and, like, all these different things and then this valley and, like, we're going to hit all of it. But it's I just you're gonna want to be there. So that's that's the first little secret. But going back, that's what I'm talking about. If we truly knew, the days that we're living in, I think that we would do some things differently when it came to the way that we treated each other and especially where God was in our life. So because of that, again, if we're gonna be wedding planners, we got to make sure that we pursue God more than culture. We got to make sure in the way that we handle things that we balance grace and truth. And then the last thing is we got to make sure that we invest in things that matter. The way I wrote it in my notes is at crossroads, we need to invest in things that matter. I'm just telling you, as we move forward, I think it's vitally important that we start clarifying. What really matters? In fact, I brought a sheet just to give you some encouragement. Don't take this as, this is just me sharing. I want to I help you identify to me what I believe matters when it comes to being this wedding. Are you ready? In the last five years, we've celebrated 119 lives being changed through baptism. That's just the ones that have been baptized. Now, we have a list of people that have committed cr- to Christ but the ones that have actually followed through and baptized. We, since January of 2022, have had 335 people be involved in community groups. Are you ready for this? 297 people have went through growth track and discovered their purpose. Our annual serve day, we have done numerous projects and helped out. we've We've given away couches, washing machines, dryers. We had a line this serve day that went from the cafeteria around the corner all the way up to the softball field. We had the whole cafeteria full of stuff. We we're like, woohoo! We started at 8 o'clock, or no, 8.30. We started at 8.30 at 9 o'clock. We were empty. That's how many people were here. And that doesn't include all the other projects. The empty stocking fund that you guys are a part of, because of your generosity, has went from helping a 1,000 children to 1,500 children in five years. For those of you that don't know the Empty Stocking Fund, and we'll do something coming up for them, they literally help children that without your generosity, they would not get anything for Christmas. But because of your generosity, we go shop for them, we help wrap it, we make sure they come and pick it up, we throw a time of a party, and that's up to 1,500 children now that have Christmas that normally wouldn't. Isaiah 117 house, Miss Renee's here, and it's so great to have her, and she's in the back with they have a home that for children that are pulled out of a home that worst day has a little bit of relief because now they have a place to go and get loved on and you guys helped lead the charge in making that house a reality and I'll talk more about that in a minute the other things we've had 250 students teenagers be able to go to camp and then here's the one that's shocking are you ready because of what you're doing, when I talk about investing in things that matter, in five years, because we made a commitment that 10% of all of our giving had to go back in the community. So like every Sunday, like just a minute ago when we took up tithes and offerings, we immediately take 10% of that and put it in a different account. It has to go back into the community. And in five years, we're over 10%, you guys have invested $161,000, And I don't mind telling you. Number one, I I think think that's worth clapping for and to celebrate. But that's money that goes literally into this community. Goes into these schools in our area. Goes into... Things like nonprofits, like Isaiah one seventeen, and hope for one, and an empty stocking fund, and and goes to help other people that may be in need. But here, here's what I had somebody that had said this place. He said, "You know, you, you guys could probably, you guys could probably get land and get a building if you quit giving so much away." I said, "Yeah, and we can also not be a church." See, yeah. Guys, I I think we're in the wedding business. We've been in the wedding business from day one. And no matter what everybody tells you that you need to do to have the most bodacious and amazing wedding, you know what you need? Here's what you need. I'm going to give you something. You ready? Here's what you need to have an amazing wedding you need a groom that's in love with a bride and a bride that's ready to walk down an aisle and embrace her groom. It's the key to the whole day. And if they're truly in love, from the way they dance, through the way that they laugh, through the way they cut up during the vows, to the way they're looking at each other, to the way they have that first kiss, one of my favorite parts, like all of that stuff, is what everybody remembers. The only reason why they're there It's because they want to see the union of an amazing groom and a bride that he's been waiting on his whole life. In fact, every wedding I do, I have an analogy that I say right before it, because I tell people before I pray, I say, hey, don't get so caught up in watching the bride when she presents herself for the first time that you don't look back and look at the groom. Because if you look at that groom, you're going to see a great picture of what God is waiting on. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about for three weeks with end-time prophecy. Is I, I believe Jesus is up there like, man, I'm ready. Let me go. Can I go get him? Let me go get him. I'm ready to go get him. Let me go get him. She's looking good. Let me go get her. And God's like, wait. Patiently waiting is what Scripture says. Patiently waiting for the one more. When Scripture says that he doesn't want anybody to perish... Right now, the reason why, the only reason why, because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's waiting because he's like, no, there's one more. There's one more. There's one more bride that needs to join into this thing called the church and be my bride. I'm waiting on them to be ready. And that's what we do. But here's the issue. This thing looks good, doesn't it? This is real icing. I'm refraining from sugar because if not, I, I'd lick the. I mean, just ha ah, I'd lick all over that. Mmm. I love wedding cake. You say, take a big bite out of it. This is what's called a dummy cake. <clears throat> See, a lot of you thought, oh, this is so good. That's Mickey gonna give us wedding cake celebrating. Woohoo, you big dummy. This is all styrofoam except for the real icing. It looks great on the outside, doesn't it? But if I started pulling this thing apart, and I'm not, but if I start pulling this thing apart, it's all styrofoam. Listen to me. When they get to the guts of Crossroads Community Church, Let's not be a dummy cake. Let's not look like, woohoo, man, yeah, I wanna be a part of that. And then you start going, man, this is fake. This ain't even real. Like, you just fooling me. See, for five years, we wanted something that people could, could pull apart and, and taste it. Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to to not be a dummy cake, to not be something that Scripture, right? Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, you guys are whitewashed tombs. You look great on the outside, but the inside you hold dead bones. The way we put it here is say, let's be life-giving You know the reason why we we can't conform to culture and we have to conform more to God than culture? The reason why we gotta be able to balance grace and truth? The reason why we gotta invest in things that matter? And if you wanna know what that is, invest in things that are eternal. If you wanna know what eternal is, there's two things in this room that are eternal. God's word and everything that's breathing. People. We need to invest in the things that matter. Getting God's word to the world, and in people. And you can't do that if when they start to dive in, they start tasting it and they go, oh, man, I, I had my hopes up again, but it just, it just wasn't real. Anybody ever, ever got involved in something? just to start getting more involved and realize it wasn't worth being involved in? Anybody ever chase something in life just to catch it and go, well, that really wasn't worth chasing? Church, listen to me. And we're going to talk about it for three weeks. It's extremely important that we are making this bride ready. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, if you want to help support reaching more people with these life-giving messages, visit crossroadscommunitychurch.com slash give. Once again, thanks for listening.